All right, welcome to the latest edition of WARP in Cincinnati. Paul Daner Jr. and C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic are here with you fresh off trade deadline day. All the excitement that comes with a flurry of activity across the league is, and uh, the Reds sneaking a couple deals in at the very end. How are we doing, Trent? Oh, fantastic. How are you, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Uh, that sounded I'm less actually, than convincing. No, I was trying to be convincing. It was like a high pitched. I'm good. So maybe that that actually means I really am be am good. Uh, the sad low pitched one is the one you don't want. Oh. Well, I, I think you're always good, Paul. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm actually really interested to discuss the trade deadline moves, not for the fact that they were obviously anything groundbreaking or game changing, but I do think they're really interesting in the fact that <laughs> it put an exclamation point on a week of transactions that was just been a I I I'm not going to use I I don't want to use the word desperate but I it feel there's this sense of just keep churning and keep churning until you find something that feels like it's going to work and this is kind of the last the last run of that to say we still believe in this team even though things are just not going well I thought almost the statement making moves made was more important than the actual moves made. Would you buy that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I certainly do. I mean, that is the, that quite honestly is what was needed. You know, that's just like, Hey, Hey guys, we still believe in you. Um, And, or, or we believe in you enough in this year when, uh, more than half the teams are going to get into the playoffs. And right now, there are just four teams in the National League who have actual above 500 records. It's accessible. I mean, and yeah. we knew that I would mean, be the case. We, we knew that would be the case, that they would have so many opportunities to get yourself in no matter what you did because of the setup of the tournament. And uh, and obviously, then you get a National League that has, you know, I, I don't know, underperformed, whatever you want to call it, but left that left itself wide open. I mean, I mean, you have one really good team in the National League. That's I mean, that's it. I mean, I think I think you have another team that is quite intriguing and playing well. And talented in the Padres, uh, but the Dodgers are the best team in the in the league. And after that, there's a lot of other. There's a couple pretty good teams: the Braves, the Cubs, the Padres. Uh, you know, do do I think the Marlins or Phillies are really good teams? No, well, I mean I think the Phillies are pretty good. They're okay. Um, they have some issues, but who doesn't? But yeah. That, that's it. I mean, the Cardinals and the um, Brewers are they're kind of what we thought they were, to uh, borrow a football uh, phrase. Yeah. Um, and, and then the Cardinals, really, the thing with the Cardinals is what they have left is really challenging. And it's going to be very tough for them. And, 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 you know, they're starting at 500 right now. Uh, they're at 13 and 13. But that means that they have 34 games to go uh, the rest of this month. And that's going to be a, a big challenge. They have seven doubleheaders. Yeah. 
it's 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 one thing to be a team playing a couple of doubleheaders against the Cardinals, and you can prepare for that before and after, and not feel like you're sacrificing some of your best pitchers. The Cardinals are going to be in a constant churn of six man rotation and reliever games and things like that, where their their depth is going to be super tested. Yeah, I mean, if if there weren't seven inning games this year, mm-hmm. I mean, it would the, those two innings are are big. Um, but still it's tough. I mean, to get, to get 14 innings a day, I mean, that's really what you're looking at when you look, when you, and, and you know, well, they just have to play seven, seven innings. So it's a little easier. Well, you're still playing 14 a day. There, there, there are seven, seven days where they play 14 innings. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, the central is accessible for that second guaranteed spot, and you got to get within vicinity of five hundred. And it's one thing to say, "Oh, they're they're five games under; they're only you know whatever it's going to be, they're a game and a half, whatever it is, you know, out of the playoff picture. That's all fine." But you know, it, it's dwindling. I mean, we're at we're at thirty five games in. We're talking we're talking fifty eight percent of the schedule in the books, and twenty five games to get it done. Y- the numbers start crunching in a hurry on you. I just I, I want to um. I just want to. Here's the thing, like, like you know, you still have one, two, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight games against the Pirates, and the Pirates are really not good. So if you go seven and two, and this is a team that they have not taken advantage of these easy schedule. I mean, if if they took advantage of the easy teams, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, you go seven and two against the Pirates the rest of the way, you're at five hundred. And you just have to play 500 balls from there on. Yeah, but they have to play 500 ball everywhere else too. You're yeah. right. I mean, they have to be able. I mean, at a certain point, you've got to, at a certain point, this team needs to be not about the talk of the be able to being able to string games together and actually do it. And it's just yeah, it's it, it is it is time for that. I mean, you're the, the it has to happen. And maybe this will be the difference. I mean, maybe this will be what helps. Maybe adding an extra arm to a bullpen that has been. A problem uh, in supplementing a, a, a solid starting staff will be enough to filter down to win enough games. Maybe finding a few answers there will be enough. Maybe finding some bats that are finding a little more consistency that you expected, whether it's Eugenio Suarez, who started to hit, whether it's Joey Votto, who we'll talk a little bit more later about, who over the last four games has hit well you know whatever that is maybe that maybe that run is coming and maybe they can sense it only takes one but the fact is that it is getting late early um i i want to just i just because i sort of mentioned it since we last talked i'm just going to run through the guys that are now up and those that are now gone since last tuesday uh up jose garcia jose de leon aristides aquino joel kunal they added Archie Bradley and Brian Goodwin out Pedro Strope, Travis Jankowski and Philip Irvin no longer here. That is a lot of moves for one week. Uh, yeah, did the Cody Reed thing happen in that time too? Uh was that before I know officially or after? the trade, I don't know. I think he was DFA'd before that. Before that. I did since literally traded. last Tuesday yeah. when we recorded since that delineation date. Um that happened. You throw, go ahead and throw Cody Reed in there as well. I mean, it is just looking for searching for answers. Do the idea of playing Jose Garcia, and I want to touch on this, and then we'll get into the trades. Um, 
make sense to you? Where, where does that, I mean, what did you make of that decision to, to move into the Jose Garcia zone? Yeah, I was a little surprised, quite honestly. Um, you know, you weren't getting exactly what you wanted from Freddie Galvis, but I think the problem comes. And when you talk about um, the the lack of offense, either at shortstop or at catcher, and I've heard a lot of talk about the lack of offense at catcher, which is understandable. If the rest of the lineup is performing, you can carry that. You can do that. You can stay the course and you can say, hey, you know, our catcher's not hitting, our shortstop's not hitting, but they're doing the other things. But when you need offense anywhere you can get it, which is what this team really needs, um, it's, 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 you, you have to search for, for those answers. And I think with Garcia, they're hoping like maybe it was a spark, you know, young guy gets hot hasn't seen anything, just comes in and swings. And I don't know that Garcia, Garcia certainly hasn't been great, but like at the plate, um, I don't know if he's anything that you could expect from someone who's never seen a double a pitcher before this <laughs> and, 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 you know, in a double a season, he's seen them, you know, other places. But what I'm saying is like, it's tough to ask somebody to go from high a to, Basically, what is extended spring training and not have like a real at-bats for a year, almost a year, because when you're thinking about it, the end of the uh, minor league season is September 8th. It's very difficult to do that and expect them to be a spark and to put that on their plate. And that's kind of where they are with Jose Garcia. And it's... uh yeah, I, I I was surprised, and I'm still kind of surprised. Um, I think, yeah, I think the 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 possibility is there. I think they were just hoping that maybe he could run into a couple like he did early in spring training and give that spark and light things. And it just it hasn't worked that way. I mean, he's fine. It's exciting. Um, I don't know that you're getting that much difference between him and what Freddie Galvis were giving you, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just it is it's well, might as well try that because you're not getting much from Freddie Galvis anyway, who's, you know, 295 on base and 90 OPS plus. I mean, you're, you're talking, uh, it's like, well, you got just as good a chance of getting from Jose Garcia something as you do of seeing what you're getting from Freddie Galvis at this point, which I, I get. You're right. I mean, but it, but it, it does it does kind of reek of like, man, they're trying anything at this point. It's like, just whatever. Yeah, because. and so then the latest is the trade deadline. That's how you can do it. Um, yes. You know, we've seen a shuffle in and out of of, of relievers, um, you know, like Tyler Thornberg and, and some of these other guys coming in and out and doing whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it is, hey, let's, let's try something, which is understandable, you know? Yeah, I, sure. I, I, It's one of those things that, honestly, I think – People would be upset either way. You know, um, when the results aren't there, it's like hitting. Everybody's like, oh, this team just looks lost. They look they look listful. And it's, well, when you're not hitting, it's not going to look good. Yeah. You can't, you, you, can't, you can't look energetic when you just have to go back to the dugout. Right. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah, you look lost. That one always gets me. They look lost. I'm like, yeah, well, they struck out. 
<laughs> there aren't too many good ones. I want to take a quick second. Remind our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered. Keep the hair looking nice and trim and feeling fully supportive. Offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Oh, yeah. You can get the trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical, and they smell great. You need it to smell great down there. Uh, you can pair their special boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver. You're ready for anything. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code THEATHLETIC20. You need the right tools for the job, so go to Manscaped. Let's talk about the two trades and and what you know what the impact will be. Um, both of them buzzer beaters uh, at the at the deadline. Um, Archie Bradley um, f- they acquire from Arizona for Josh Van Meter and Stuart Fairchild. Stuart Fairchild, Keith Law's number nine Reds prospect. Um, let's start there before we move into the the second deal. Uh, this this is the more Im- impactful probably of the two. Um, you know, Bradley's saving games. He has six saves. It, I'll give you uh, some stats on Bradley. The last three years, and counting this year as one of those, three point six two ERA, two point nine five strikeout to walk, one twenty ERA plus, twenty seven saves. I mean, he's been a guy. I mean, he's been a real guy who you can bring in there. What do you think Bradley's role will be and what do you make of the decision to kind of, I don't know if they target, did they target him specifically or did that just kind of what popped up as amongst the options there? Uh, I, I think that's, you're, you're right. I mean, it's like they looked around, saw that he was available. Again, remember we were talking about the flip side of what we were talking about is when we said that nobody in the national league is good is that most teams are middling to bad. But that means that a lot of teams are like the Reds, that they're five, four or five games under, and you say, we're still in this. It doesn't leave a whole lot of sellers. So I was actually surprised a little bit about how much movement there was at the trade deadline this year. Um, you know, the, the American League had, had more t- seller types. So, yeah, I think it was just trying to find something and see what's out there, and that's what they did. And that included maybe even – Hey, if you could sell off a bigger piece, um, maybe that happens. But 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 what they were looking for was what they could do where they are, and um, yeah, they 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 found something because the bullpen even even if it's gotten better, it's still not a strength. And you add to the back of the bullpen, and when you're, I think Nick Crawl mentioned it too. Like remember 2012. That was real strength of this team when you had Chapman, Broxton, and some of those guys. I think 12, didn't they go out in 12 and get Broxton or was it 11 that they got Broxton? But either way, he was part of that and you had a guy who had been a closer and now he's your setup guy. And instead of, you know, feeling pretty good when your closer comes in, which I know a lot of fans don't, but I think the team does with Rysel Iglesias, um, you have another guy that you kind of feel is there. So you, once you get to the eighth inning, you extend it. You have Amir Garrett. So maybe, hey, if my starter gets to me at the seventh, feel pretty good. 
problem is you just need to have more runs than the other team when that happens. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a really, it's a good move. Um, you give up Josh Van Beter, a guy that you would, you know, kind of sent down recently anyway. Um, and, and Stuart Fairchild who, you know, I know he was actually the guy that the Diamondbacks were going for. They like him. They like his athleticism. Former second round pick, I think, out of Wake Forest. Uh, good athlete. Uh, pretty good hitter. He, he really had a bounce back year last year. He's got good speed. Um, does a lot of little things. To me, he he's and I could be wrong. And and trust me, some of the people I've talked to are higher on him than I am. I, I think he's you know a good fourth outfielder type. For 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 a guy who can be a closer, yeah, that's pretty good. Especially also a guy who can be a closer this year and next year and next year. He's under team control next year, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's big. I mean, that's important because we've seen that in a lot of these moves that the Reds made dating back to this off season was was really an eye on not just a one year window, but a you know really a two year window or whatever. I mean, not guys that are acquired both twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. And, and, um, you know, Bauer being the notable exception from that, but I mean, for different reasons, but still you you see that another, uh, tip of the cap to that extended window in the, in this move. Um, so what, he will be a setup guy still. I mean, does it was it matter? I mean, it doesn't who matter. Has the but, yeah. pro, high, priority highest leverage, or whatever. All those endings, they need somebody who can come in and get outs. So whoever that would be. I mean, I I would just assume, knowing all that we have discussed about Rice Iglesias and closing situations, that he probably will continue to stay in that role just because that's where he's most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, so and I think Archie Bradley's a guy. You know, it's funny, and we haven't seen the results of this, but we talked about it ad nauseum. And um, one of the things they targeted this offseason was their culture, their clubhouse culture. They went and got guys with good reputations, guys like Mike Moustakas, guys like Pedro Strope, who's no longer here, um, guys like Nick Castellanos, and um, people who are known as positive influences and um, good clubhouse guys. And good teammates. That is something they they consciously targeted, and it, it was funny. You know, I got the same thing when some of those guys signed that I got yesterday from people who said, "Oh man, this is, this is such a great guy and a good clubhouse guy, good all that." Like you know, whatever their player is, better guy, which you know means more in one sixty two than it does in twenty five. Um, but it still is, I, I think there's something there. It's impossible to quantify and it's not something, I mean, you're, you're not building a personality team. You're building a baseball team. Um, uh, but I, I think there is something to it. And, uh, so yeah, so that is something that they kind of kept in, um, in, in, in consideration and in, in this trend that they had, that these are two guys that are really well thought of inside the game. And hopefully he can get outs now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most importantly, <laughs> they really but, need him to get here's some this, outs. <laughs> here's the thing about here's the thing about Archie Bradley, and I think a lot of people will it, like appreciate this. He throws strikes. He throws strikes. He doesn't walk people. Hasn't given up a whole lot. Of, given up a whole lot of homers, and that'll probably go up here because it just does. But if you don't give up homers and don't walk people. 
that, that's that's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's a lot going on there. I want to get make sure we get to Brian Goodwin. Uh, for, he he get, is acquired from the Angels uh, for left-handed uh, pitcher Packy Naughton. Packy. And uh, what's that? Packy Naughton. Packy Naughton. That's his name. Uh, Keith Law's number eleven in the Red System. Um, what did we know of Packy Naughton, and what do you make of Goodwin, who appears to just to be kind of a uh, uh, help in that out in that outfield space uh, as far as left-handed bat out there? Yeah, Packy Naughton is a guy um, left-hander, very left-handed. You know, just kind of one of those <laughs> very left-handed, the yeah. most left-handed you can be. <laughs> is yeah, it like you know, just like a left-handed starter who. You know, could could uh, it, it, you hope it could be like a four or five guy in the rotation? Um, he's not a hard thrower, um, but he's a pitcher. Um, you know, they were pretty high. At, like since Packy Naughton came in, they're like, we think we got something here. Um, and that's not, you know, Wade Miley just made some money this past off season. You know, you can you can be not overpowering left-handed and just be a solid pitcher and, and have a real good career and be a real important player. And Packy Naughton could be that guy, but I don't think we're ever going to see Packy Naughton start game one of the world series. Um, so it's, it's worth a shot, you know, and, um, he, and there's also a player to be named. You can only trade players who are on the 60 – officially trade players who are on the 60-man pool, um, which is funny because Packy Naughton was part of the Reds' 60-man pool for probably 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> um, they were at 59. They added Packy Naughton right before the trade and then traded him. Was that set up that way purposely to I don't think to so, throw but somebody I think on in case a team wanted him or yeah. I I think there was probably in the back of the mind and like, well, what's going to be worth it one more guy or the open space and and whether that's for add someone in trade or add someone who's a free agent, you know, yeah. who's who's there. So I think having less than 60 gave them flexibility. And they they've always kind of since the beginning, like since the first time they had the 60 man pool, they said they wanted some flexibility there. And so I think that is maybe not on purpose for the trade add and trade, uh, because you know, I'm sh let's just say the other player that the angels are getting both the angels and reds. No, we don't. Mm. And they can't make it official. Um, but they know who it is. So they could have yeah. done that with packing on. It could have just been for players to be named. Yeah. So, um, but that does allow um, maybe the angels for like, yeah, we like this guy. We'd like to get him at our site and kind of get him acclimated for a little bit. Uh, could you do this? And the red's like, yeah, sure. And maybe that's like a last minute. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, you know, they like packing on packing on a, a nice, nice left-handed starter. Uh, Brian Goodwin. I mean, the, the question is, Ooh, is this bad news for, um, Nick Senzel, right? And that's your first thought. If 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 Brian Goodwin could play a lot of center last September, he filled in in center for uh, Mike Trout. Uh, he can play all three positions. Now, the, their point is is not really. I mean, we know we're not getting Mike. 
you know, you, you're not going to get Nick Senzel back for like best case scenarios a week. Well, there's 25 games left a week from today. I mean, you have seven games, so that's seven to 25. That's a little under a third of your games. You, you're going to need someone for a third of your games. And Brian Goodwin is a, a veteran. He can handle the leadoff spot. You know, he's, he's like a career 320 on base guy. So he's around league average for his career. I think he's at 330 right now. Um, well, hell, if this team had league average on base percentage out of its leadoff spot, I think they'd have a couple more wins because they'd have some more <laughs> runs. Um, so, yeah. So, and, and he's a left-handed bench bench bat. So instead of a Travis Jankowski or a Mark Payton, you have a guy, Brian Goodwin, who is a little bit more experienced. Yeah. He's, he's, this will be his fourth team in the last uh, five years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Washington, the Royals, Angels. Um, he's, he's kind of been around, but he's, he's kind of been this same guy that you mentioned. I mean, uh, and, and honestly, as, <laughs> you said it. I mean, as much as they have looked for some kind of offense, somebody who can be league average or a touch better is an upgrade uh, in into where they're putting him into. So they, you know, we'll we'll see what what comes of that. But um, so Senzel, best case scenario next week, he seemed to to suggest uh, on his social media that there's good news trending in that direction. Yeah, and we saw that on his Instagram. Said I uh, got big news yesterday, and he's. He was excited for getting back. Um, but even then, when he comes back, he's going to have been out a month. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, no doubt. And, um, and so you might want to send him to Prosco for a couple days. I don't know if they can do that while he's on the IL to get some at-bats or whatever. Um, I don't know if you have rehab assignments this year. I should probably look into that. But, yeah. you know, it's going to be tough. Okay, Trent, let's take a brief pause and then we'll be back. This is the Athletic Football Show. I think every football season is a big challenge in one way or another. Introducing the Athletic Football Show, an all-new podcast with me, Robert Mays, and a team of world-class NFL writers and analysts. We'll feature expert guests and our plugged-in beat writers from around the league. What Patrick Mahomes did in the last nine minutes is just absurd. You can subscribe now to the Athletic Football Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast provider of your choice. And stay with us all season long as the Athletic brings you what matters most in today's NFL. I want to quickly uh, jump into Joey Votto because his story this past week has been quite interesting. Um, you've had you have a story up now about him talking about how he thinks he's close and sort of what I, you know, what this was was basically a benching and him talking about being challenged by people on the inside. I, you know that quote stuck out to me. We talked about this exact topic last week. I mean, right after we talked about it was when, when will we see something done about this? And it happened uh, as Votto set out for a couple of games, come back now in four games back, he is six of 13 with two home runs, a double, and he's getting on base half the time. Small, 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 small sample size, all of those things said, but we hadn't seen anything resembling this from Joey Votto since the first week of the season. And um, what did you make of, I'm curious, the decision to give him a break, the reaction to it? It's, it was, it was uh, quite an interesting week on the Joey Votto front. Yeah, it really was. And that it was extended. It wasn't just one game. 
And I mean, Joey was clearly not happy about that. Um, and then David was very much just like, this is what I think I need to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Joey wasn't happy about it, but I th- think at least through his comments, I think there was respect there that said, Hey, I don't think this is going to work, but your call skip. And he obviously wasn't happy. And, and I don't think David Bell expected a pat on the back from Joey Votto about that. Um, and Joey kept saying, I think I'm close. I mean, but, but honestly, I've probably written Joey saying, I think I'm close. I've written that story many, many times over the years. Um, because it's funny because Joey has been so great that when he's not, it is so noticeable. Like, like regular talent level players, you don't go to them for the, I think I'm close story. You know, they don't stand out when Joey Votto's not doing well. Cause here's a guy who's very possibly going to end up in the hall of fame. When he is not producing, it's very noticeable and it's a thing. So that's why I've done that story a hundred times because if, if anybody, people have bad two week periods all the time in baseball, but when Joey Votto has them, it stands out because he has been so consistent. So it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird thing. So yeah, so he could say, I think I'm close, but you still got to show it. And that's what Joey said. He said, I have to show it. And you could tell, like, I remember watching in Milwaukee last Tuesday or so, his right before, you could see he's standing up straighter. He's, you know, he's doing some of the things he did at the end of last season. Um, or, you know, he was a little bit further down on the bat. Uh, he wasn't choking up quite as much and you could see those changes. And so I asked him about that the other day. He's like, yeah, you know, I'd been tinkering with it and it's, you know, changes like that aren't instantaneous results. It's getting there. And he said, I thought I was getting there. I had a break. So maybe, you know, let's maybe the break hurt him or maybe it helped him. We, we don't know. You can't prove that either way, but it's what David thought he needed to do. And baseball's such a weird sport. That's a big deal. When you sit a guy like Joey Votto for three games and David Bell never called it a benching. Joey Votto called it a benching because in his mind it was a benching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big deal. It goes back to that. You're trying everything. And that, that was among the things they tried. And so it's, it is, it's, I think it takes a lot to do that. And they did it. So, I mean, that, that was the, it's the line that you, once you cross it once, you've shown that you're willing to cross it. You know what I mean? I, to me, that's the barrier is, okay, well, you've, you've said that there's, there's nothing off limits here and that you're willing to go there. And, you know, uh, if we'll see what happens in the long run. Joey Votto, as respectfully as you did sit him, yeah, you'll sit anybody. And I don't think, I mean, I think, I honestly don't see that as a, I don't know. Yeah, you know, you get all these people who who kind of buy into the movie uh, tropes of the oh yeah, you're a bench and now you got the respect and they're going to play better and you're going to tear off the piece of Bob Castellini's clothes on the cutout in the locker room. I mean, that's not <laughs> how real life works. Yeah. Um. So, you know, those are things that there is an effect. It's not this great thing, but. On the other side, when they perceived 
Anthony Rizzo coming at David Bell, who was the first person out of the dugout? Yeah. You know, I, I will always remember the, as soon as they hired David Bell, I talked to Zach Cozart, who wasn't with the Reds, but was there and great dude. And he said, one thing you will always know is David's got your back. And to a fault, I think he's shown that he's got his players back. Correct. Um, it's cost him. He was suspended last night because he has his players back. And what that showed, as simplistic as maybe this view is, is that his players appreciate that and they have his back. I mean, that's that was a reaction. Chessie Wicker got tossed and suspended. Joey Votto got tossed and fined. Um, that was a suspension to Anthony Rizzo coming at their manager and them not appreciating that. Yeah. And I mean, you've seen it anytime there's any tiny, even conversation between a player and an umpire, David is out there and he's ready to get run. Like he's almost trying to get run most times in order to put on a show to protect his player to show that I believe that my player's right. And and also so that his player doesn't get run. Right. He's like, yeah, exactly. oh, hey, look at me. Throw me out. Yeah. I'm the manager. Throw me yeah. out. Don't throw <laughs> out the player because I'm not going to get any hits. Correct. Um, so uh, that's where we're at with Joey Votto. And uh, the, the beat the beat rolls on with this team now. Reformed. Uh, re- we'll see if we get another week of, of wild moves. Like I don't mean wild like uh, out of nowhere, but I mean just so many, so much action on the roster uh, happening. I don't know that we'll see that. Uh, does this kind of feel like the last flurry for that? I mean, there's only so many places you can go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, my, my roster. Of course I had been printing out new rosters every time they made a move and it's right here on my desk. Um, I, I need up. to do a new one. I'll probably do a new one today after they make the roster moves to add, Goodwin and and Archie Bradley, they were talking about trying to get them here for today's game, uh, which in the past wouldn't have been that difficult. It's a little different now. Um, I think they were talking about sending Lattice One and um, out to grab them. Uh, Bob Castellini's uh, plane. So, Lattice One. <laughs> I had not heard that. Before. I just made that up on. <laughs> I really want it to be called that. Yeah, lettuce one or, or um, <laughs> new fruit if you want to go the deep cut. New fruit one. Um, so lettuce one maybe goes and picks those guys up and brings them out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it knows the route to Arizona. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, uh, so you could do that. And right. What are the moves left? I mean, there's, I, I look at it and there's maybe one, I don't know. The only, the, like the big symbolic move is one I've been talking about for a long time and I don't expect to see it happen, but it would be Nick Lodolo. Yeah, that's right. Try to get him out of the pen. Try to get him out of the pen. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've been saying this. Jeez, since February or July, I mean, the David Price 2000, was that seven? Yeah. Six, whatever it was, seven, eight, whatever it was. But David Price thing. But yeah, that's that's the only move that I see that could be one more big one because you can't add any more trades. You can't do any of that. Um, 
that that would be it. Yep. Uh, you know, you have Aquino up now. Um, and getting more at bats. We talked a lot about him last week, so he's a little bit more in the mix. They've they've, they've kind of uh, fired all cannons and trying about everything that you can uh, at this point. So we've got um, – And we were told Aquino would probably be kind of like Jose Garcia playing a lot. Uh, but we were told that before Brian Goodwin was part of the equation. Right. So maybe that changes things. So we'll we'll have to uh, see how that goes. Uh, Reds uh, have Pirates coming up later this week as they finish off their series with the Cardinals. So we'll have plenty more on that next week. Looking forward to discussing that and see where it goes it's as the uh, the clock is ticking on getting into playoff contention. A lot can happen in a week, as we learned this past week. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll like, oh my God, we were we we're sitting there the other day. Um, I guess it was Wednesday. What happened Wednesday? Something happened Wednesday, right? There wasn't something really weird Wednesday. Was Wednesday the fight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was. Um, I'm sorry. It's it's just, it's all kind of crazy. It's all kind of, no, that was Friday. There was something Wednesday because we were just like, oh yeah. Remember that uh, the Tom Brenneman thing was just a week ago. And then the positive test oh. was like two weeks before that. And yeah, it, I mean, the positive test was two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. That seems like a lifetime ago. I mean, a lot happens in 2020. 2020 time is a real thing. <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. It's like <laughs> sped up and slowed down all at the same time. It's, it's, there is. you know, theory of relativity, like proven, just like. God, I mean, spring training in Goodyear was was like six years ago. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I see pictures of myself from January, and I'm like, oh, look how happy he is. <laughs> I, I I was smiling. He hair. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. But then you're right. manscaping. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, all Jeff. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh let's wrap it up we'll be back here next week and uh see how much happens over this next week and uh and revisit it then so anyway thanks everybody for listening we'll talk to you next time on WARP in Cincinnati Ooh.